a miracle at UGP. Are you ready for a miracle with UGP? Oh, radio is here to you. We're going to learn something new. Are you ready for a miracle at UGP? Was there all the way because it wasn't moving until I did. How about now, Sabrina? But, uh, okay, let me see. Uh-huh. See if that if that doesn't do it, then I will reboot Blog Talk here, I guess. But I can see I've got audio coming out of my system, so my system's working. So if it's if they can't hear, you're good. All right, good to go. We can stop worrying about. It. For you and Periscope, you guys can see us. I got my camera. I don't know how to use it yet. You know, obviously you just plug it in, right? But nothing like that ever really works. So uh, <laughs> for me, but we got the camera and it's one of those special cameras 
that it takes a picture of me, but it also does a background behind me. And I can have, you know, like pictures of the Constitution and stuff rolling through while I'm talking. And you have a little picture of me in the bottom and then all that other stuff going on for me to teach. And it'd be like seeing a PowerPoint or something while I'm teaching. And we've got all that. So when I figure out how to use it, we're going to roll out the Minuteman Minutes that we've been talking about for quite a while. The Minuteman Minutes. And so they'll be coming. And I think that's good. Uh, We'll finally be getting those. Um, Let me see. What else? Uh, um, I guess that's all the business. I got a new book I'm excited about. Now, it's called Creed by Adam Hamilton. Now, to be honest, I saw the name Hamilton, and that got my interest uh, because I thought it was a book Hamilton wrote. I couldn't see on on the website I was on. Such a the whole idea that your political party, emotional judgment doesn't, doesn't what? Uh, affect ruling you may make. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you're a judge, feelings really should never enter into your decision uh, on that deal. It should be the law, right? Title 11 of the U, uh, UCM, not the UCMJ, but the United States Code, Title 11, clearly lays out the president's duties when it comes to national security. And the Constitution lays out clearly the role of the judiciary. And if you would like, could point out that the Constitution only says there's got to be one court in the whole freaking country. That's the Supreme Court. And that who? Congress decides about all the others. So a district judge, in this case, I'm sure we're referring to the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals district judge, is uh, having hearings as of 45 minutes. They were live on Periscope, by the way, if you want to check that out. I don't know if they still are. But um, the Ninth Circus is um, uh, is in an area that it has no business being in. Now, if this was Ronald, not Ronald Reagan, if this was Obama and the Sixth Court, Sixth uh, Court of Appeals were, I think that's the one for Texas. Uh, if they were doing this, I'd be up here telling you they have no business doing this. And let me tell you, one stupid Lifetime appointed judge has no authority over national security. We elected somebody for that. You know they're going to delay Gorch. Yeah, so they can try and get one win. Yeah, well, they lost on Duval or whatever her name is, the education one that they put. They were all in to nail her, weren't they? That was going to be the one they, they sandbagged so they could run around and claim victory over Trump. And, uh, and we had some history. Uh, by the way, not only do we have a historical Super Bowl, evidently, uh, which I boycotted and didn't watch, but uh, uh, it went into overtime, which I guess no Super Bowl ever has before. Uh, we had kind of uh, the Senate go into overtime over the vote for the education secretary by having to have a vote placed by the vice president of the United States. So good news. Usually, the vice president doesn't really do a whole lot, but this guy's already earned his paycheck <laughs> for, the, for the week. Uh, had to go and vote in the Senate to cast a tie-breaking vote, which if I'm and, – and I'm not 100% sure on this, but off the top of my head, I don't think we have ever had to have that in the past. Uh, if the travel moratorium goes to the Supreme Court, we might not have Gorch. Yeah, and that's exactly right. They're trying to delay that, too. 
so that it's an eight to eight, or not eight to eight, but it would be, in their hopes, a four to four vote in the Supreme Court, which would then, um, it would then roll, uh, what's the word, uh, back to the sixth, uh, the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals decision. So the last court to review it, that position would stand. It would be called a stay uh, of it. I think a stay. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But th- it would stand anyway uh, as the last decision made if the Supreme Court is tied on the decision on whether to overturn or to allow it to, to remain. I don't think with a eight-member panel of the Supreme Court that it would be tied, to be quite honest. I think uh, Justice Anthony is kind of a wild card in this. He doesn't like any decisions that that seem to threaten the independent nature of the judiciary, but he's also kind of a rule guy. And he, you know, I mean, it, if, if Trump's people lay out this correctly, you read title, uh, title 11 in there in the USC and, and it's kind of like, boom, there you go. Makes sense. The president has this authority. Congress has given this authority over and over and over uh, for president after president for a long time. And they certainly did it with the last president. So it's not an old decision or ruling or antiquated. It is current policy for them to do that. And I think this is just going to make the, uh, the Democrats look stupid again. They're setting themselves for failure. I think they are. Um, I think, uh, they are. And I also, by the way, and, and yes, exactly, Junkie, uh, I don't even think we're going to have to worry about the Supreme Court choosing what to decide on this if they even grant certiorari to it, which they may not do that either. They may not be willing to look at it. But I think that there has been so much going on in the media that's different than normal. Uh, usually we get the lamestream media's position on everything, and that's it. But alternate media, people like me are out here educating people and telling about this. And there's been so much education out there and, and information about how this really works and who really has authority that I think the uh, Sixth Court of uh, Appeals or the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals will be hesitant to shove political ideology over the law. Because if they do, then they will be exposed again. And People like me have been pointing out that the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals is the most overturned court in America. (laughs) The Supreme Court has a long history of turning over the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals because of their idiotic decisions. Um, Who is it? Uh, Is it Louis Gohmert? I think it's Louis Gohmert from Texas has introduced a bill the last couple of days. And what he wants to do is he wants to gut this Ninth Circus Court of Appeals and cut it in, I don't know, half or something. I haven't seen it. I just heard it referenced. But he's going to uh, gut the bill or gut the Ninth Circuit on how much territory it covers, which means how much territory it's relevant to, which means its decisions will apply to. Because the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals doesn't apply to Texas. Their decisions can't affect us, which is one of the problems I have with them deciding a national security, which is something that affects the whole country, and yet they're only responsible for this tiny little section. Now, if they were making a decision of something that affected their states that they're uh, an appeals court for, that would be a whole different ballgame, but, but they're not. 
But I think, uh, well, Louis Gohmert wants to create a 12th Circuit Court of Appeals and push a whole bunch of that property into the 12th Circuit and then have Trump appoint all the judges to it. And so so we'll have basically another uh, 6th Circuit, you know, another conservative one. And so call your congressman up and tell him you think that's a dang good idea and they need to co-sponsor it. And that will really make the libtards go crazy or the progtards. They'll go crazy because it's, uh, yeah, and and uh, you're exactly right. Trump's sister is a federal judge, which is something that I just learned a day or two ago. I didn't even know that. And it's like, wow, where have I been? But anyway, uh, I think that's kind of cool. Um, but they have no business disguise, deciding this anyway. And, uh, and if they do, I believe that they will decide correctly because the rule of law is that this is pure, completely in the president's purview. Now, I don't think that a lot of things that our government should be involved in. But our Constitution says that the central government, not the federal government, the central government's role is to protect our constitutional rights, our property, and our lives. That's its job. The president is there to execute orders and to be the commander-in-chief and in charge of the uh, bureaus of law enforcement. So this purely is an executive branch uh, role. Okay, the courts are not set up. Central is the central government to protect, not the courts. You're actually right. The courts are not there to provide and protect our lives. They're there after the fact. They're there after someone gets killed, or after someone gets hurt, or after someone has their property taken. They are a mechanism for remedy and punishment. They are not there to protect. They are not there to make people sweat it out and and defer. They're not there as a deterrent. Law enforcement is a deterrent. The military is a deterrent. The executive branch is an enforcement deterrent, but not Congress and not the the legislature and not the judiciary. Uh, They're they're basically janitors. They clean up after the fact. Um, And I'm going to predict you. I pray, I pray, I pray. I was talking to Aguilar today who was hoping that the NFL would get its act together. And I said, don't take this wrong, but I hope they don't. I hope all these idiots at ESPN and in the NFL keep the crap they're doing because it's going to piss everybody off. And, and I hope that the progtards in this country and the Democrat leadership doesn't get changed. I hope they stay who they are. And I hope they use the same techniques that we have been seeing because there is one reason and one reason alone Trump is president. And that's because everybody's so fed up with these idiots in Washington and the status quo and the way business has been done for the last 60, 70, 80, 90 years. We're fed up with it. And we put a man like Trump in there on purpose. Now, I've not been a big Trump fan before he took the inauguration, but I'm liking him more and more. Wasn't a big fan of him saying, you know, that America's full of killers and murderers and no different morally. Well, basically, he created a moral equivalency with us and Putin and Russia. I don't agree with that completely, but I get what he's saying. Look, we, we have bad people in this country. We've had bad leaders that have made very bad decisions. You know, Kennedy tried to take out Fidel and there's other people that, that um, we've tried to kill, uh, you know, and take out through the CIA and stuff. A lot of stupidity, but the country 
and the Constitution are moral. We the people basically are moral, and we're the good guys. I, I think about this. If Russia had had nuclear superiority and we didn't in the 40s, do you think this planet would be shaped the way it is today with the country lines the way it is? The answer is no, it's not. Yeah, we got we got uh, Saddam Hussein, but that's okay. <laughs> that's a good thing that we went after him. And he wasn't a leader of a country, but yeah, you know, get it. I understand. But we targeted him. We killed him. The SEALs did. It wasn't a CIA assassination, at least. But, but um, this planet would not be shaped the way it is. And we'd all be speaking Russian or Chinese. You know, we'd be a, a Sino-Russia division of the country, of the planet. But America, with nuclear superiority, could very well have said, all you screwtards out there, you're speaking English for now on and you're using the dollar. And if you're not nice to us, we're going to give you our public education system and make everybody in your countries complete idiots and not be able to compete or perform. Ha, take that, if we were the bad guys. But we didn't. We didn't take any land after World War II. We didn't punish anybody. We didn't destroy any countries. We didn't overthrow anything. Because we're who we are. Bigfoot, welcome. Guests, 1543 is my favorite guest at Blog Talk. And I have my name, Zarina, back, the Mary, the Zarina's here. And, of course, we got a whole ton of people over in Periscope, too. At, uh, yay. Or had. I guess everybody's leaving. <laughs> I keep losing the signal, too. Great. Technology. Um, the It'd be a different planet if we weren't moral and good. So, I, But you know what? I, again, I don't think this is worth any time getting upset about Trump. That's a position he has. It's an opinion. It's not a fact. It's an opinion. Okay, he can have it. Um, I'm a little tired of people beating up on America. They're clocking me? <laughs> Baby. <laughs> as long as it's not clock boy over here in Dallas, uh, I'm okay. You know what I can do? Let me see here. Um, I think I have this ability to, if I can get into my phone. Okay, here we go. Boom. Go to the last page, hit on Luma, and I can make priority device. Okay, my MacBook is priority, but how, what is, okay, that is an iPad, iPhone, Michael's iPad. Here we go. Okay, so. It is prioritized. Boom. All right. See if that's any better. I think Trump gets we are moral, but he believes he points to past BS. Yeah, of course. And you know what? The CIA has made a lot of mistakes, right? <laughs> There's a reason that we don't trust government in this country and, and stuff. I don't think he's wrong completely. <clears throat> uh, no, as a matter of fact, I agree with what he said. Maybe not that the whole world needs to hear it. Um, I'm tired of the attack America first crowd, right? And I think that's what a lot of us are, that we're kind of tired of of all these progtards running around blaming America for everything and always, you know, blaming us and saying we're the bad guys and that the rest of the world is morally equivalent, you know, that, that, that um, uh, you know, that Putin and 
the Queen of England are the same, and they're not. And, you know, and we're not the same. We're all a little different. We have different priorities. Putin has priorities for Russia, and I'm pretty sure they like him over there from what I know. We got a lot of Russian listeners on this show, and, and the opinion I get is they, they kind of like him. They like his audacity and his, and his masculinity, and that's fine. He has Russia's main interests at heart, not ours. And so when people think, you know, that he should have ours or he's our enemy, yeah, well, of course not. And we don't need to have theirs. Russia's not a priority for us. We've been enemies a lot longer. We've been friends, people, and it's going to take a while. It's going to take people working together before trust is built. But I'd sure rather have them as allies on the fight against terror, uh, you know, and I'd also like them to quit destabilizing the oil market so they can keep making money, uh, should I have a look? I'm not a question wrote. Trump is obviously trying to. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and what was he on? He was on that um, that moron show. Um, not Jerry Springer. What, what's his name? The guy that show he was on. Um, what you don't you don't know either? I don't know. All right. Um, I forget his name. One of the Fox News guys. Um, I think of him as the equivalent of Jerry News. Now it wasn't Bob Barker's show. <laughs> Uh, he's like Jerry Springer of Fox News to me. Um, the spin zone guy. What's his name? Ah, who cares? Because um, yeah, that guy is not conservative either. And he's always doing all this stuff, you know, trying to, he's trying to be like the middle of the road guy, you know, uh, fair and balanced and, and hard hitting on everybody. That's fine. But he's not that way in public. Uh, oh, Riley. That's it. He reminds you of Bob Barker. Come on down. Um yeah, O'Reilly, that's it. So I uh, I really don't care. I don't know why these other hosts are going crazy. Someone texted me just before my show and said that that um, Mark Levin is, is highly upset over it. And it's like, are you serious? You know, really? That's worth a show? That's worth getting upset over? It's an opinion. He can have it. It's what does he do that's important to me. At, uh, you're the next fool to buy my book. Oh, Riley, <laughs> that's it. Killing Trump will be the next book. Huh? Uh, to, uh, so, <laughs> or whatever they call it. He's got every book always has the word killing in it. You know, that man's got obsessions. I'll give you that. Uh, so anyway, who cares? Um, we're living in interesting times. I find it funny. Someone asked me on the last show to discuss one word to describe uh, Trump. And I said, busy. Because he's been in office, what, three or four weeks? And look at everything he's done and, and got going and started and delegated. And it's really active. There's another one. I'm kind of excited about this. I can't remember in my lifetime anybody hitting their first hundred days like Trump is. This is amazing. This is the way it should be, by the way. This, and it shouldn't be amazing. It should just be the way it is that these guys get in there and they do what they say they're going to do. And they keep their promises. Zarina's word was amazing. There you go. See? So I find it funny. See, what is today? Tuesday. So that was Thursday's show. Uh, yeah. Tired for president Carter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think liver pills, if that's, but that's two words, but um, the, it's been just a few days since I described Trump as being busy. And 
I'm seeing feedback and hearing stuff from other places that people are getting upset that Trump's not doing enough fast enough, that he hasn't ended Obamacare already, that there's no tax cuts already, that we haven't abolished the EPA or anything else yet. You know, it's like, good Christmas. It's only been there three weeks. Hey, Cog, welcome back. So you got to give the guy a little chance, right? I mean, three weeks is not enough to get much done. And he's gotten tons done. He's kept half his promises already. And um, and I'm I'm happy about that. What I'm not I'm not concerned about Trump getting what he says he wants done done. I'm worried that the Republicans don't have the testicular fortitude to stand with him. That they're getting scared about everything. Now Trump can't get Obamacare repealed or replaced or or repaired or anything that has to come out of Congress. He doesn't he doesn't have his full cabinet placed yet. He has a Supreme Court. Uh, choice in limbo and there's so you know i mean what do you expect them to get done then you on top of that you've got the Dem- the republicans running around saying we can't do anything we don't have enough people in congress you know remember you remember when they said we needed the house to stop obamacare and then we needed the senate and then we needed the white house and now we got all of them and now we'll have the supreme court back when we replace um scalosi seat scalosi no yeah scalosi his seat and um, and yet we have the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, and Mitch McConnell calling saying, well, we just don't have enough people in Congress now. We're going to need a bigger margin so that we can get rid of Obamacare. Oh, bull crap. Let me tell you what. You don't have to get rid of Obamacare on the books. All you have to do is go in there. Did I see the Polizzi video? I'm not sure. Probably not. Oh, no. I've heard of reference, though, where her idiotic uh, statements about this country was founded on free education that came from government and stuff. Yeah, what a moron. And, um, all the Congress has to do, and, and not Congress, let me restate that. All the House of Representatives have to do, because they have the power of the purse string, is say we're not funding anything with Obamacare written on it or affordable health care written on it. We're not funding it. So you starve it, and it will run out of money. And any monies that you do find, because you have the power of the purse, you just shove it over to other things like manure management. And there you go. It's done. And we're, and we're, all, we're all good, right? Uh, that's all you have to do. And Scalese, uh, Scalese and Pelosi, I, I got their names combined. <laughs> yeah, I did, a, I did a George Bush, huh? Like strategy. <laughs> at, uh, a Scalese. Um, so they just have to start it it's done they don't have to do any more legislation on it no one will be able to use it it's gone but if you do that you darn well better have something uh, ready to go you better have an education program out there to educate people on what they need to do and you better have instructions for the IRS to quit taking money and quit punishing people and requiring letters in, in their, tax re, uh, uh, their tax forms stating that they've had Obamacare or whatever because it's required now for a citizen to purchase a third-party product. Um, they, need to, they need to do that. They need to stop the government taking money from people for Obamacare, too, and, and issue that order to the IRS and the, to the Treasury Department. And, and then they need to to make a, de- a declaration that, or a law that it, uh, that state borders are no longer a restriction to the selling of insurance. And then they should put a program in there where it encourages um, cash 
for medical services and a catastrophic insurance program so that people can buy catastrophic insurance cheap. If we have to subsidize it, great. It'd be a lot cheaper than, uh, than the Obamacare crack, right? And then let them pay cash for their service. Like you go, I mean, oh, that would never work, Professor. Well, except that's how it works for our dentists, isn't it? Right? You may have some emergency care if you, like, go through the windshield of your car and you need your face redone or your mouth redone. But other than that, you know, they pay $6 for an a, a $800 crown, okay? Or maybe it's $35 if you got really good insurance. But you pay the rest. And somehow we get dental care in this country. Somehow we're able to do it. Would you settle down? What is going on in this body right now? Huh? So, so it could be done. And if we were to do that, overnight insurance would be gone, right? And we say catastrophic and pay cash. Overnight, every doctor's office in this country, their rates would go down astronomically because they couldn't afford to do it. They couldn't do it because third parties aren't paying it. And you would start deciding, uh, word beyond the obvious one for Trump, and his president say he's a nationalist. Uh, maybe. And maybe it's time for one. Uh, I'm not big on populists, but two grand a crown. Obamacare paid 800. Is that what it said? I, I think I missed that. But um, yeah. So without third parties paying for it, you're going to suddenly care about the cost of your medical care. And you're going to ask, how much is that x-ray? And wait a minute, down the street, there's one of those little independent guys that does x-rays for half. So you go down there and you get your x-ray and you bring it back to your doctor and you've saved yourself, you know, $150, $800, whatever dollars, depending on your procedure. So you start shopping around and you start looking and you become a better consumer. You know, think about this. If you were to go and buy a car because of insurance, uh, the way insu- the way we buy insurance, think how much they cost. I mean, they already cost as much as one of my first houses I bought. You know, try and buy yourself a nice, cheap $35,000 car. That's ridiculous. It takes you seven years to pay these things off now, and they're, and they're not worth much after four years. So, you know, think about it. If we bought cars like like we buy insurance and medical care in this country, it would be astronomical. But if we actually paid attention to what we were buying, then the prices would drop and they would be held down. And, you know, if we were sufficiently good at it, you might even see doctor visits back at your house where they can make home visits. Because as prices drop and, and doctors become niche specialists and they try to do things, you never know where they turn around and they say, you know what? I can't cut my price anymore, but I'll go to your house and, uh, and we'll do that. You know, we'll come to your house and treat you. So, you know, yay. Um, I think that's excellent. Uh, just say, let me type one there real quick. I have to make a, okay. So, so, um, yeah. So there you go. There's that. And, uh, what? I'm sorry. I'm distracted. <laughs> you know what? I, I discovered that I am an amazing multitasker. And because I found out why I'm so good, because everything I do all at once, I do one thing at a time uh, to make sure I get all my multitasking accomplished. So anyway, yeah, I think, uh, I think prices would drop. I think we'd be better off. And, and, and hillbilly girl 
she's got a thing out there called um, Christian Share or something like that. That's her Meta Share or something. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of Christians that come together and they cover each other's medical costs. And I thought that kind of sounded like a scam to me until I checked it out. She sent me info. I looked up stuff. I'm seriously thinking about doing it. Samaritan Ministries. Is that who does that? And and so these Christians, uh, they share each other's uh, bills. So what happens is you go get an MRI, you submit the bill, and then all the people around say, yeah, I think we'll cover that. <laughs> and, and, you know, as long as it's legitimate, they cover your cost. You know, if you're out there getting six or seven MRIs, maybe they don't, I guess. I don't know how it works, but but it is a lot cheaper than regular health insurance. And I've never heard my sister complain. Uh, no abortion. Well, yeah, that kind of goes with uh, with uh, the fact that it's Christian, right? <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, so there's certain things I'm sure that they don't want to pay, like, you know, like suicide or, or abortions. And I imagine if you get into a Catholic one, you're not, probably not going to get prophylactics or something or, or, you know, stuff like that. But quite honestly, it's I don't I don't think insurance is really even it, it shouldn't happen. We shouldn't have insurance um, because your medical bills you run up are things you are responsible for and your family. Exactly what was just kind of said in there, and um, and so you take care of your family, you help out on these things. Um, we don't need insurance. To cover these things now catastrophic is different you know like you get in a car wreck or your house falls on you and and someone steals your red shoes uh, like what happened to my ex-wife they, those things happen so you need catastrophic insurance but but um we should be doing this and if we were paying cash the prices would be dropped where they, they'd be affordable and uh covers that too <laughs> okay <laughs> that's, uh, that's too funny so, yeah, so anyway, there's a lot of options before government gets involved in it. And the best thing I could do is just to lower the competition uh, uh, threshold and, and get out of the way. Hillbilly Girl pays 50 bucks a week for her health care, uh, which isn't too bad for the way health care costs go. I, of course, as a mailman, have Cadillac insurance with Blue Cross Blue Shield fed and uh, – and I think I'm paying about 300 a month for it now. It used to be really cheap until Obamacare came in, and then our thing skyrocketed and the benefits decreased. So who knew? But uh, anyway, um, there's that. Uh, what do we got left here? 21 minutes. Okay, well, more than I thought. I was afraid we were almost done. So, um, yeah. Congress should have to have Obamacare, quite honestly. At least the Democrats. I mean, no Republican voted for it, but the Democrats should. And if the Republicans don't change Obamacare quickly, then maybe an incentive would be to say, okay, here's, you know, somebody like Louis Gohmert or Cruz should enter a uh, a bill that they have X number of weeks to get rid of Obamacare or Congress goes on it. And let's see how fast they get their butts on in <laughs> gear on that. that uh, yeah, that'd be nice. Um, so, yeah. So anyway, yeah, it'd be 90 days. It'd be done. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking too. Give them enough time to do it, but they shouldn't need more time and they don't need another plan. They just need to get, you know, Obamacare ended and, and open up competition and, and open up a, a pool for 
catastrophic insurance. And, uh, and that's it. And they're done. Wipe off those debts from our treasury and instruct the IRS accordingly and the treasury department and move on. Uh, a fate accomplished. And then later we can remove the laws from the books, you know, if we have to. But there's ways to get around it instantly. And so it doesn't take rocket surgery to uh, to eliminate Obamacare. And uh, we have insurance. I'm not sure if I told you guys this last week or not, but the reason we have insurance is because of Congress. Okay, they didn't invent it, but <clears throat> what they did was they came up with this idea that everything was costing more because of World War II, and Prices were going up, so wages had to go up. And the president and Congress said, wait a minute, we can't have this skyrocketing inflation. It will run away, and we'll be like the Weimar Republic, and, and we can't afford this. So the government, the central government, its infinite wisdom, introduced price wages uh, freezes, price, prices and wage freezes to stop it. So everybody's prices that they could charge were limited and, and controlled by government, and how much you could pay your employees, the same. So companies were like, man, we got to be competitive. We're losing this guy over here to this job and stuff. So what do we do? So they came up with this idea. We'll pay for your health care. And that way you don't have to pay for it. So you can't get a pay raise, but you're not having to pay for your health care anymore. So it's like you get the extra $8 a week or whatever it was back then in your paycheck. And so you'll, you'll be better off. And we'll cover the health care and we'll call it a benefit because those aren't limited and we can give you all these benefits. And that's why the benefit packages started was to get an end around government, Congress and the president. And they're mucking up our economy with false, uh, false rules. You know, you, you're going to cause a great amount of havoc to the economy when you do price fixing and wage fixing. Uh, just like Trump floating that balloon about, you know, tariffs and stuff on Mexico. Uh, excuse me. I think he's causing, if he does that, then he'll cause economic havoc also. Um, fair trade is not possible. Free trade is possible. Fair trade is not. Fair trade may be, but punishing isn't the best way to get that, you know, uh, one thing we did a while back was we created something called um, favored member status. And we would award that to certain countries as a trade status that they were favored members, which meant they got tax breaks or, you know, or tariffs weren't applied to them that went to other countries and stuff. And the, uh, and so we, you know, we, we did, an end around of actually causing tariffs and, and doing it by just saying, Hey, you know what? We're going to give you better deals. You're in our preferred trade status uh, category. That's kind of okay. I don't have any problem with that really. Um, as long as it's accurate and fair. Yeah. I don't think I would give Mexico or China a favorite trade status because of what they're doing to our economy. I mean, China's undermining our value of our money and, and, uh, and they're messing and doing uh, currency manipulations and they're trying to 
supplant the dollar as the currency of standard for the for the planet? Uh, so no, not so much. Mexico, I mean, just look at all the crap it does to us. Uh, so yeah, I don't think they deserve it either. But you got to be real careful about tariffs and and trade wars because it creates losers. It doesn't create winners. No one in a trade war comes out thinking, whew, wow, that was good for me. <laughs> and, uh, and the people who pay usually aren't governments, but the people of the countries they pay. Mexico is so ripe with corruption and uh, degradation and crime in its government, let alone the rest of its economy, that uh, it doesn't really do any good to punish them with these things either. And, uh, and, but China's on another hand, you know, and we got to be careful with China because even though they're messing with us, we have been idiots as a country borrowing 40% of our, uh, our debt every year from them. And so they own so much of our debt and so much of the land of this country that, uh, they'd call in the notes and we'd be in big time trouble. So we can't push back too hard on them either. And, uh, you know, which is uh, Congress put us in this position. And the president, uh, going back to, uh, well, since Reagan, all this borrowing that we were doing, you know, ever since Reagan left office uh, under the Bushes, under under Obama, under Clinton. And, uh, yeah, we'd all, I used to joke about that. You don't need to learn Spanish. You need to learn uh, Mandarin or Cantonese because China's going to roll the planet uh, economically. Uh, who knew the communists could end up, you know, owning all the businesses in this planet <laughs> and buy them uh, fair and square. So something we need to, to be cognizant of, I think. Something we need to be cognizant of. Following my show, the exceptional conservative show.com. If you go there, you'll be able to hear my good friend, Ken McClinton. Oh my God, how many yawns is that now, Mary? Have I hit my five yet? The rule is five yawns, and I turn off the show and go to bed. Um, whew, take some deep breaths here. Oh, it's got to be more than two. I just did two in a row. Mm. So, um, yeah. So things are interesting. I, I don't think we need to panic that Trump isn't doing enough. I think we should be glad that he's doing so much. And let's you know be interested. Let's watch. Let's keep our eyes out. Let's not go to sleep at the will. And for God's sakes, call your congressman and tell him to support this agenda, to support cutting taxes, to support getting rid of Obamacare. Because if these morons for one second see their shadow like Punxsutawney Phil, then they're going to run around screaming the sky's falling and, and it's, you know, three more years of winter. Uh, they're still so afraid of the progressives. And, and think about this. Every election, we've been firing more and more progressives. We have completely pointed out to the progressives that we find their ideologies abhorrent, un-American, and disgusting. And we have been firing them, left and right. And wait for the off-year election coming up in two years. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> I, I think we're going to roll back Congress even more. and There'll be a stronger Republican majority. That will only be true if Republicans remain true. Now, I don't mean they have to back every crazy thing Trump comes up with, but they better do anything that's constitutional, and they better do the things that roll back government, 
send power back to the states, reduce taxes, reduce regulations, reduce the bureaucracy, which is an unconstitutional branch of government. They had better do everything in their power to make sure those things occur. And if they don't, then we'll punish them too at the polls. We'll punish them too. But regardless of that, Democrats are not going to be getting favored status anytime soon, especially with the behavior the way they're doing. Right? All this burning down of stuff and breaking things and, and hurting people, uh, keep it up, Democrats, because it's sending people to our side. Hitler, of all people, had this quote, the tighter tyrant squeezes his hand, the more people squeeze through his fingers. Meaning that a tyrant only has so much authority, and if he exceeds it, then the people will no longer exceed to his will, and then he loses out. He loses out, and he'll lose power, because he can't control the masses without fear, without controlling the guns, and without duplicity. Hitler forgot that lesson that he said. But hopefully Congress and Trump won. They'll remember. And they'll be constitutional. And they'll roll government back to a constitutional level. And I think we'll all be a better off country. Can you imagine how strong this economy would be if they start rolling back government and reducing regulations? Trump has come out and said, hey, you bureaucrats want to introduce a new regulation? You got to get rid of two. <laughs> I think that's, I'd have said 10 you know, just to make it faster and have the impact more strong. Uh, strongly felt quicker, but yeah, what the heck? I'll take a two for one. Uh, that's sure going to make them think. And I would also make an edict that if we roll back Obamacare, they can't count that as a reduction in policy because that's that's hundreds of thousands of regulations. I mean, hundreds of thousands. In fact, there's some seventy thousand pages of regulation addendums to the Obamacare health law. So you know. So they can't count. They can only count that as one if they, <laughs> when we roll it back uh, for regula- regulation, deregulation. So, yeah, yay. I have hope, optimistic, guarded hope, that the Obama administration is going to be a more positive than a negative and that it will do good by us and that our country will be stronger defensively, uh, militarily, and economically and dare say even morally, because this president hasn't shied away from morals either. And I find that refreshing. It's good to have that. Do I think the post office will become extinct soon? I, it probably will. It shouldn't. It were provided for constitutionally. The people that are running the post office are mostly, you know, inbred incompetents that uh, don't belong in that position. And, you know, and let me just say politely that the post office is not provide promotions based on merit. And so we are getting decisions from people who got their job for other reasons than merit. And that is costing us. Plus there is a huge political war going on in the post office between the left and the right uh, as well. And sadly the left is primarily in power and the right's the one that's out doing most of the work as you go figure. I saw a, a, an interesting note on the wall in the break room of my post office. Kind of made me mad. I, I'm thinking about complaining about it. It's not my nature to do that. But uh, uh, internet and parcel companies. Yeah, well, 
you know what? We do a better job than UPS and FedEx, and we're doing it cheaper and we're more productive. Uh, and our approval ratings for the first time in like 20 years are higher than FedEx, DHL, and UPS. Uh, so we're kicking butt right now uh, at the post office, uh, I'm proud to say. Um, if Congress doesn't get in there and try and privatize us in the wrong way, I, I suggest that they privatize us to the employees uh, and keep it a quasi-government function uh, because it's constitutionally provided for. But privatizing in the way that the employees have a stake and there is a reason for us to do better and to continue improving our productivity and then the post office will be around for a long time. They thought emails were going to put us out of business, but and Amazon and these other companies have started doing massive amounts of shipping, and and foreign countries are shipping crap to us and at record amounts, you know, and and so the post office is doing fantastic, uh, parcel wise. That's where we're making all of our money. Oh, Richard Hatch from Battlestar Galactica just died, turned seventy-one. Huh. Well, may he rest in peace and. Uh, May he come to share in the God's heavenly kingdom and light perpetual shine upon him. At spirit to it, sink to it, fidelity. Yes. At, um, so, yeah, there we are for that too. What else should we talk about that I need to wrap up? Anything that I've missed? Um, you live close to a FedEx hub? Yeah. I don't mind FedEx. UPS pisses me off all the time. They're supposed to leave parcels on my porch. And I'm not there, so they just leave a sticker and leave, you know, and then I've got to go get it. It's like, dude, just leave it on my porch. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but uh, I, I strongly dislike UPS anymore. Uh, I've had so many rows with them and calling them and, and setting up notes in the system for the driver to know that if he's at my house, that he's got permission just to leave it, that I've got a signature on file. And it happened just the other day. I, I got a TV, and I had to go down and find it. And I had to go out at 7.30 at night to go get it and uh, and drive, you know, 20 minutes away to pick it up. I wasn't pleased with that whole debacle. Um, not to mention the time I spent online and on the phone tracking down the parcel and finding out where it was and then going and retrieving it. So, anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they don't like the brown truck. Well, good for your dogs. Your dogs are patriots. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah. So, anyway, there's that. Next show is Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Texas time. Uh, we're going to be getting into some constitutional uh, issues on that show. And uh, and we'll talk about whatever the, the uh, Ninth Circuit's Court of Appeals has come up with for uh, our national security. Now that they are the president's national security advisor and uh, and experts on national security, <laughs> but, uh, did you hear that? I, I can't remember that knucklehead judge's name. Don't really care what it is. But when he came out with his statement, I was listening to WBAP uh, news over here at eight twenty uh, in DFW, fifty thousand blowtorch, and. Uh, and I was listening to his statement. I was saying, holy crap, none of that has anything to do with the basis of law. That His entire speech about Trump's uh, ban on travel, which is really a, only a 90-day delay on travel, um, is not unconstitutional. It falls purely under Title 11. But all of his reasoning was nothing but immortal, progtard bullcrap. So basically, he felt 
that he didn't like it because it doesn't jive with his political leanings. Now it has nothing to do with the Constitution, has nothing to do with the organic documents that created this country, has nothing to do with congressional statutes like under Title 11 in the USC. No, none of that. None about United States Code. He just didn't like it because it doesn't feel right because he's a progressive and Trump isn't. I'm thinking, God, help us, you know, but it makes you wonder in a day and age where they are all running around showing their true colors, they're not realizing that they're all losing their jobs. It was when they hid who they were and pretended to, uh, to be uh, moderates and whatnot that they were successful. But under Obama, they felt like they could all come out of the closet and, and be the progtards that they are, the communist, tyrannical, loving imbeciles that they are. And they didn't have to be careful or protect themselves anymore from us. And then look what happened. We started sweeping them out. From 2010 on, they've been getting the butt hurt every election. And what? You like that? You agree? Okay. So, <laughs> so anyway. What? Yeah. At uh, Hendon's, I believe. A judge released a rapist and child molester in Idaho for $500 bail. Yeah, I don't get that. Nancy Pelosi came out and said that in her sanctuary city, uh, the uh, the illegal aliens don't commit crimes. Well, she knows that's false. There's a woman going around the country talking about how her kid was killed by a person that was released in her county. And, uh, they're all over the place. You hear these stories. Uh, the Remembrance Quilt. Go Google that. I can't remember her name. She's been on my show. Uh, Zarina, you remember her name? Uh, lady who runs the Remembrance Project uh, came on and talked about story after story of illegal aliens committing crimes and people dying for it. And they've made this big quilt with pictures of all the people that are dying um, from illegal aliens. And these guys are getting sanctuary in sanctuary cities. They're getting protected from the rule of law. And, uh, and Kate Steinel, who was killed by illegal alien in San Francisco. Exactly right, Bigfoot. I forgot about that. I did forget. But thank you for reminding me. And, um, and so, yeah, it's like the AIDS quilt. That's, I think that's what they were kind of imitating, you know, kind of as a poke in the progressive eye. But anyway, two minutes left, everybody. I am your underground professor. You've been listening to the underground professor's show, uh, broadcast at the Hermitage of North Texas Liberal Conservative Studies, where I sit high atop a double rainbow, gaily swinging my feet. The next show is Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central Texas time. Thank you. Welcome back. I'm glad to be back. It's been too long. And, uh, and I made two in a row. That's a trend. So let's keep this up, huh? And <laughs> Yes, you did. So anyway, I made it awake through the whole show, Zarina. Thank you. At, uh, the Exceptional Conservative Show is the unicorn's in the other room. He's, he's eating right now. Um, I gave him uh, some uh, baby seal to eat. And so he's in there scarfing baby seal up. So uh, And bald eagle. Uh, for dessert. So anyway, I'll see everybody Thursday night. Thanks for coming. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, spread. Click on the like buttons, follow buttons, and uh, and spread this out. Share it, whatever they call that, sharing. I'll see everybody Thursday, 7 p.m. Good night, y'all. Via con toodles, everybody. Via con toodles.